0: Hey, everybody, this is Jeremy Lynch and Landon Harlan from Obu Interactive. You are listening to the Cases for Causes podcast, the show that looks at legal marketing with a purpose. Today, we're talking all things truck accident litigation with Patrick Falcone of the Falcone Law Firm. He brings 27 years experience in serious personal injury and medical malpractice law, recovering tens of millions of dollars for his clients. Today, with Mr. Falcone, we will discuss the three C's of commercial truck accidents, what a successful truck accident settlement covers, and select truck accident cases that the Falcone Law Firm has successfully represented and why they were victorious. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Thank you for having me.
1: So Patrick, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about trucking litigation. You know, there's a lot of lawyers, it seems that any lawyer that is willing to handle a you know, any type of personal injury case is also willing to handle a trucking accident case. And with a very little bit of research, we've learned that trucking accident cases are not at all like car accident cases. And, and in many ways could be almost compared to something like a, a train accident case. It's a, a pretty significant event. I was hoping you could shed some light and background Uh, Maybe on your experience or a recent trucking case that stands out in your mind that supports how different they are than a traditional car accident.
2: Well, Landon, you're you're absolutely correct. The trucking accidents are different in that generally you have a more substantial impact. Typically, trucks are loaded trucks are weighing in about eighty thousand pounds, so that's the equivalent of getting hit by like fourteen F-150s. So that translates into more significant injuries more significant property damage. And and the difference between a regular auto case and a trucking case is the trucks are going to have data recorders or black boxes. Okay. They're also going to typically have videos. They're not required to, but a lot of insurance companies require that they they have these. And it's important to try to get this information, secure this information or have it preserved uh, as soon as the accident happens to avoid those uh, that data being destroyed. So it's very important to start the process on, on getting those, those things preserved. Uh, in addition, with the trucking accidents i found, is I'll send out a, an accident reconstructionist right away because he's going to go down there and measure the skid marks. He's going to locate um, uh, where there's debris, and he's going to be able to recreate what happened that day. If he, if, even if he gets there a week later or just even like four or five days, all that stuff is going to be potentially washed away, picked up, kicked around, and it's going to be it's negatively going to affect his ability to find out really what happened. And and that's kind of it's very important for us to to, to find out what happened in these in these cases.
1: I was going to ask if you could elaborate a little bit more on the accident investigation team uh, and perhaps what i've I've heard is the the preservation of the car. Um I've heard stories of cars, not necessarily totally disappearing, but maybe you've actually witnessed that, uh, but that preservation of evidence and maybe what that means to someone who's a listener who has been or knows someone that's been in a trucking accident.
2: Right. Well, a lot of times when you when you're and I assume you're talking about the individuals who's hurt their car. Uh, there may be allegations of, hey, the other person spun out of control because a, a wheel fell off prior to the truck hitting them. So I think what you're getting at is a lot of times when you when you when a person has an accident and their, their property is destroyed, the insurance company will try to you know su- settle that case out with the property damage right away. And what they'll do is in exchange for the value of the car, they'll take they'll take uh, they'll take the vehicle, they'll take possession of the vehicle. And people uh, may not realize that that may not necessarily be the best thing to do, depending on what the allegations are of the driver. So prior to that happening, obviously, if if there's an allegation that the person's wheel came off before the truck hit it, well, guess what? We're going to want to preserve that car, have it evaluated to make sure so that the expert can look at it and say, listen, this wheel did not come off before it was struck this, you know, or, or, or any other allegation there may, there may be with regard to the person who got hurt, their vehicle, causing the accident.
1: Sounds like the trucking company can, not a pun intended, but swiftly, they quickly move in if they see maybe there has been something that could be holding them accountable or them negligent, and they may want to buy and settle quickly just to make it all go away.
2: Well, that's a potential, but it's something that needs to be evaluated by by an attorney right away, just so that we can we can make that determination for the client.
0: So, for drivers of passenger vehicles who are involved in any type of accident, there comes a certain level of stress. A commercial trucking accident would seemingly add an additional layer of stress. What are some of the things that drivers need to keep in mind in the immediate aftermath of this type of accident?
2: Well, I, and like you said, very often these are very stressful situations, and I, and I think there's not there's a physical aspect to what's going on when you're involved in an accident, but there's also a mental aspect to it. A lot of times, I have gotten received calls from an accident scene, saying, "Oh my God, I was just involved," and and it's 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 an emotional thing for a lot of individuals. But if you can get past the emotion, and certainly. You know, you may be limited if you have physical injuries, either, you know, you're you're unconscious, obviously, or, or you're you're unable to move. But if assuming that's not the case and assuming you're emotionally uh, well enough to to start thinking that way, uh, as far as what, what you can do to help your case is photos. Um, photographs are very important videos. Um, I'm starting to see a lot of that, obviously, with, with cell phones and, and the availability of videos on phones. People uh, are now kind of filming the area, which is, you know, important, especially if there's, you know, especially if there's allegations that, you know, someone did. There was another vehicle, phantom vehicle or, or, what, or whatever, whatever they may try to blame someone else for, uh, because, there may, you know, the video may show some physical evidence that, once again, is no longer there a week later uh, to kind of refute what that, let's say, the truck driver may be saying caused the accident now um, and i think landon hit this on the introduction is another difference between the uh, regular auto cases and the trucking cases in my experiences is you're dealing with a much sophisticated crowd when it comes to these truck accidents you're talking about very sophisticated adjusters you talk about obviously you're talking about professional drivers which so their statements are going to generally be more sophisticated than A non, you know, professional driver, uh, and you're dealing with very sophisticated attorneys, and and the reason why is you're talking about more substantial injuries, you're talking dollar value of the cases being worth more, and the exposure of the insurance companies. So my point is, right off the bat, you're dealing with a very sophisticated crowd versus a typical, let's say, auto accident, where you know you don't have uh, a lot of injuries and you don't have a lot of dollar exposure for these insurance companies. Clearly, they're willing to spend more money and more time on these cases because of the dollar and the injuries involved, dollar figures, exposures, and injuries involved. So it's important to, to try to get an attorney right away kind of knows what they're doing and kind of shift that balance of power because you're dealing with you know, a sophisticated team. Typically, it could be two or three attorneys sometimes on, on, the, on behalf of the insurance company.
0: I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about something that you have on your website, falconelawfirm.com. Tell us about the three C's of commercial trucking accidents. What are they and why are they important?
2: Yeah, so so when we're looking at these trucking accidents, the four C's talk about cargo, carrier, and company. So I'll start off with cargo. So it's important to know what these trucks are hauling because a lot of times they may contribute to the accident. So, for instance, if they're overloaded, okay the law requires that they they can only load their truck a certain amount of pounds with cargo a lot of these the trucking companies want to exceed that because it's more profitable to them to ship you know in the same truck more more weight because their cost uh, uh their profit's going to be more that's illegal they can't do that was the cargo properly secured because a lot of times yeah, in moving a um some a shipment the cargo may shift it may cause the 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 back end of the truck to to shift and then cause a jackknife which may contribute to the accident sometimes in a trucking accident there's a there's the initial impact and there's an explosion okay and sometimes the explosion is worse than the you know uh than the the impact as far as injuries to the client so we want to look at what were they hauling? was that properly secured why did the explosion happen so that's all uh, things that we need to start investigating right away um, I, I had a case where um, the trucking company, you know, I had a plaintiff lady who was hurt. She was severely hurt from a uh, trucking accident. Trucking, ac- trucking company was denying liability. Uh, in the course of our discovery, we uh, made requests. We, we found out where he was coming from, where he had picked up, and we sent subpoenas to the company that they had picked up from, who, who were not involved in the, in the litigation, and we determined that, um, you know, what they sold, what the company said they sold to this, this trucking company, versus what the trucking company said, the amount that they said they picked up, were quite different. And we were able to determine that, you know, that the trucking company had uh, intentionally understated the weight of the of the load. Based on what, you know, we basically said, all right, would you, would you sell them? They said we sell them 100 you know, widgets and the weight of each widget was X. So we figured it was not too hard to figure out that they were carrying way too much weight uh, in that cargo, in, in that truck. And that, that contributed to, through our expert, we were able to show that that contributed to the inability of that truck to stop in time before hitting our, our client. And, so, and also made the trucking company look...
1: That's shocking. It,
2: uh, yeah, it also made the trucking company look terrible. Um, and they, they settled that case pretty shortly after that, that, that fact came out.
1: And how often would you say something like that occurs? Is it uncommon? It, more than no, it ha- a it, lot. It happens a lot.
2: It ha- and you, and you only find out when you catch them.
1: Right. Right. All the others get through. Wow. That is yep. surprising. It's,
2: it's, it, it, and it's scary because you think about it. You and your families are out there, Right. Going to karate practice, or going to dance lessons, or going to soccer games, sitting in your cars, not knowing that these trucks are overloaded, and really the the brake pressure or whatever, it's unsafe for them to to travel and be able to to control those vehicles. All in the name of either getting stuff done right away because you got a shipment that's got to be there by X date, uh, and they don't have time to take two loads. Right, they want to do it in one.
0: The second C is you've identified is carriers. Correct. Uh, can you talk a bit, little bit about the differences in the types of carriers, the reputation of some carriers when in, when they're involved in accidents? Uh, how, does, how does that work?
2: Yeah. So we kind of say, all right, the carrier is the person who owns a truck. So what we do is when we do our analysis, so the first C was cargo, we, analyze, uh, we, we do an analysis as to what, what they were carrying, did that contribute to the accident? The second one is the carrier. Okay. They, they maintain the truck. Was the truck properly ma- maintained? We look at the maintenance records. You know, there's a bit, there's a, you know, industry standard as to what needs to be, t- tires change every so often, you know, brakes checked every so often. Did they do that? If they didn't, then they have a problem. We look at the hiring of the drivers. Were they negligent in hiring these drivers? They have a history of, you know, drinking, they have a history of DWIs, history of, you know, um, bad accidents, history of not, uh, of overloading trucks. So we kind of look for all that as well, because that's, once again, the, the second stage of the analysis of the cases that we look at is for trying to prove liability. And the third C is companies. Basically, what that means is oftentimes the trucking company does not own the cargo. It's owned by a specific company. And that specific company may, on a routine basis, hire this trucking company, or it's going to be their agent, to haul this particular cargo on a regular basis to a a location. There are different locations. So in that scenario, that company would also be liable for for the accident. Um, It's a potential target for getting compensation for our clients. I had a particular case where somebody was severely injured, unfortunately, the insurance that the carrier had, the owner of the truck wasn't significant enough or wasn't enough to fairly compensate my client. So once we determined that, hey, there was a Fortune 500 company that was regularly using this particular carrier uh, exclusively to deliver for them and that's all they had in their truck on a regular basis. We were, were able now to get into the litigation, get the carrier, get the company into the litigation. They had an unlimited amount of money uh, and we were able to fairly compensate our client.
0: So that makes that that's an additional step in the investigation, finding out the corporate insurance companies behind both the people who own the cargo and the carrier, the truck carrier themselves. Correct. Yep.
2: And often, it, oftentimes, these carriers, you know, don't have other, don't own anything other than the truck, so they may not have significant assets. Uh, and sometimes these trucks may be mortgaged or leaned. And so there's not enough assets to to compensate the individual.
0: What about, so how does that get messy with joint ownership of the carrier vehicle? Like if there's joint ownership of the cargo and the truck, does that make it easier or more difficult for you to try to litigate?
2: It's easier because if there's more insurance, because there's going to be individuals with different insurance policies well, that may make it easier to settle the case because there's gonna be enough insurance money to, to compensate the individual. However, typically what you're dealing now with, you're dealing with multiple. Now you're dealing with, instead of having one lawyer um, cross-examining your client, now you have two lawyers, one for the uh, carrier and one for the company uh, who owns the cargo. So from that perspective, you know, it can get difficult, but it's just a, it's just a necessary thing to do. Right? It's unavoidable.
1: So Patrick, there's more than likely a few people that are listening who have either been involved in a truck accident, it could be their first time. Uh, Hopefully they did not lose a loved one, but that as we know, given the types of injuries and the sheer weight of a truck is something that can happen. What can somebody, what is something you can share with somebody right now that they can use to their benefit starting today? in order to help preserve their case to give it the best shot for the highest recovery?
2: Okay, it's a good question. So what I would suggest is if you're injured, seek medical treatment immediately, okay? Make sure you, when you go see the medical professional, you tell them everything that's hurting. Uh, Because a lot of times, and this is very typical, you're involved in a traumatic accident and you have multiple injuries. The body's only going to react to the what's hurting you the most, okay? And a lot of times, people will so if they injured their neck and their back, they'll say and their back's killing them. They'll leave out the neck. They won't say. it. They'll just focus on what's killing. It's hurting the most is the back. And then as the bo- as the back gets better, typically what happens is now the neck starts hurting a little bit more, and now that's the primary cause of pain. Typically, these insurance companies will say, "Well, listen, you didn't c- complain about the neck when you went to see the doctor the first day. You just complained about the back. We're not going to, you know, the the neck is not related to the accident." So, so basically, make sure you you tell them all your complaints, everything that's hurting, everything that that you hit in the accident, even if it only hurts, you know, um, one second out of the day, only because in case that becomes the primary source of pain later on, once your other body parts get better, we're not going to run into that problem where the insurance company is going to say, well, listen, there was, you never complained about it, okay?
1: Right, right. And a, a doctor is going to know the questions to ask and make sure that you're thoroughly evaluated, right? Right. That's, that's really kind of what they're there for. Okay.
2: Yeah, right. But, but like I said, somebody may just say, oh, it's just my back. Uh, we want to avoid, it. listen, if it's only your back hurting, that's great. But if it's if there's other things that are hurting, but are not significant, you want to tell them about everything. The other thing uh, I would suggest a person do is document the scene. you have a cell phone if if you're able to, if you're if you're emotionally able to, if you're physically able to get the video camera out, take pictures of the other vehicle, video the other vehicle, take pictures of your vehicle, kind of just show what the scene is like. Uh, if you can, you know um, stop signs, what, whatever traffic device is is the traffic device not working? That, that will be all be captured in the video. Um, that will help us um, with our case, improving our case. Um, the third thing I would tell people is stay off social media. Don't post pictures. Don't post because um, they may not necessarily help your case. And I think a lot of times, but it, it's not that they're hiding anything. It's what, what I've seen is these insurance companies have investigators. So it's now routine. That as part of a analysis or uh, once they get a case, let's say investigator, he goes through the social media of the individual that now is bringing the claim. What what happens is a lot of times somebody will post a picture of them, you know, I, I don't know, going on vacation or something, and or, or or you know, being at a ball game. And listen, those people may be in pain, and they may be at that ball game in pain, and they're gone because their significant other, you know, bought these tickets, and and listen, they're 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 just they're just drudging through it and they're in terrible pain but they're still showing up because they 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 have an obligation but the insurance company will now twist that around and say oh listen, listen this person can't be in that much pain because he went to see a ball game. so let's avoid that problem don't post any any um any social media obviously um it, it there's no benefit for them to do that the fourth thing i would say is make sure you don't talk to Uh, Anybody from the defendant's insurance company, the trucking insurance company, or any investigator on behalf of the uh, insurance company, um, because anything you say to them, they can later on use against you. And once again, I'm not saying about um, it it may be something innocent uh, that you say to the person. And and it's funny, I've, I've done thousands and thousands of interviews with clients, new clients, and, I, and first question I, I usually ask is how you feeling, and about fifty percent of the people, even though they're, you can see that they're significantly hurt because a lot of times, you know, they'll be, you know, leaning one way because of the pain in their back or or, or holding their neck straight. They'll say I'm I feel fine. Okay. Well, once again, the insurance company is going to record the statement that you you talk to them. They're going to say how you feel. You're going to say fine, and now. They may use that later on against you when you testify that hey you were injured at the accident right. you're in pain right away. Once again, it just creates right. it creates a it creates a doubt. We're not you know yeah, and we don't that need that sense. so don't talk. And, and and they can ask you and a lot of times the question may be may, may be incomplete and they may try to you know um, try to use that answer in a different context than what you meant it. So let's you know. Usually, if if there's going to be an interview, it's going to be with me there, because if there's a question that is asked that um, I know could be confusing, I will then interject and say, uh, ask for a more specific question They'll be more likely to answer what they're really what what they're really looking to get out of the individual. Um, And lastly, uh, you got to hire the right lawyer right away, because, like I said, these trucking accidents are very complicated. We have to get preserve a lot of evidence right away we have to send a team of uh, accident reconstruction people down to the scene to make sure they record all the um they measure the skid marks they they take pictures of the scene as they exist at the time uh and that we can try to get an accurate picture of what happened that day
0: so patrick it sounds like the investigation or the investigative process that you have to go through to find some really intricate details about the accident can really make or break how the litigation goes. Is there an example you could give us of a successful case that you litigated that maybe had a twist that allowed you to prevail?
2: Yeah, um, I, I mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again. It was the case where um, plaintiff I was representing a lady who was severely injured in, in, a, um, in a trucking accident. There was there was allegations that the trucking uh, driver was not at fault, and we were able to figure out through investigation that they were reporting the weight of the vehicle, and we did that by um, subpoenaing information from the place where they were picking up from, and we were able to determine that the weight of what they sold was not accurately reported. Uh, from the trucking company as to what they picked up from this from this company. So through our process, that we were able to determine that, and that actually just uh, caused the case to settle uh, quickly. I can think of another case where, once again, person was hurt. There was allegations that the trucking company was not at fault. We were able to get the, the truckers have to keep logs of their driving. They're supposed to take breaks uh, every few hours for a certain period of time um, before they get back on the road. This particular trucker uh, had uh, kind of falsified the information, basically driving longer than he was supposed to. And the way we figured out is through, we got the records, we were able to then figure out a timeline of what he said he was driving. And then through the deposition of the driver and through receipts that um, we were able to secure uh, from different companies. We figured out that he was really, you know, n- driving longer than he was um, than he was talking about, you know, giving distances of based on where he was coming from, where he'd stopped, how much time he had. It, it just, when you looked at the time, the real timeline, it didn't match up to his log. And what we were able to prove that, you know, the reason uh, that he probably fell asleep at the wheel, because uh, he was exhausted, because he was driving, way more than he was supposed to be driving under
0: law. So following up, how long of a discovery process do some of these accident cases have? Does it depend on the number of players involved in terms of co-ownership, of cargo, or number of insurance companies? Basically, how long do you and your team have to dig for information about the accident?
2: Well, typically, let's start off by saying you have two years from the date of the accident in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania to file a lawsuit for, um, your, your injuries. And in that time frame, you can, you know, you can start uh, requesting information, but typically they're not going to be forthcoming and they're not under any obligation to provide the information until after you file a lawsuit. So once you file a lawsuit, that's kind of when you have the subpoena power, and then, they, and then the actual parties to the defendant are obligated um, under the law to provide you the information that you requested. And if they don't, that's when you can seek the court's intervention or help to get you the information. So, a lot of it depends on how many people are involved. Obviously, the more people involved in the litigation, the more time you're going to need to get all that information. Also, the discovery process may be affected by how injured the individual is. Are they having multiple surgeries over the course of two years? Because we will not be able to basically tell the court we're ready for trial until they're fully, uh, I guess, um, done with their medical treatments. At a minimum, you're looking at a year, uh, depending on when you file the lawsuit, uh, it could be two or three years. Um, it's sometimes four, depending on the amount of treatment and the amount of parties and also um, how difficult you know are, are parties now uh, in other states. Because if they're in other states now, you, you know, you may have to now seek the other states uh, courts to help you secure that information, which is going to further delay the litigation.
0: So these cases can be a long haul for those listening who might be wondering, all right, how long is this going to take us to get through? this could be, it's going to be quite a process.
2: Yeah. Ju- listen, the wheels of justice turn slowly. And unfortunately, when you have to uncover every rock, right, to look for that, piece of evidence it's you know it's not it's not an easy or quick process
1: so patrick i know that your firm covers new jersey you also have offices located in doylestown which is in bucks county and bucks county seems to be one of those types of geographic places that has a tremendous amount of commercial vehicle traffic there's a lot of major highways and throughways there can you give us a little bit of background in terms of is it common for trucking accidents to occur in this area?
2: Well, absolutely. Um, there are obviously in between two it's kind of a, a thoroughfare in between two cities, um, philadelphia and and new york and and Trenton. So there's a lot of tr- there's a lot of activity in that area, uh, and it's very common to have you know substantial truck injuries or truck accidents in in that area. and we've been fortunate enough to Be located in Doylestown. It's it's the county seat for Bucks County. We've handled many cases dealing with uh, substantial injuries in in that area, and we we have our team set up to be able to address all all the accident reconstruction in that area that's necessary, and also um, able to uh, meet with clients and um, and discuss any potential. Uh, issues that they may be having and, and help them get through this process. Let me leave you with one thought. One of the reasons why I decided to become a lawyer and I look at being a lawyer, not as a job, but as a calling and people always ask me, listen, why do you, why do you sue all these companies? Why, why do you, why, why do you do this? And I think the reason why we do this and the reason why I do it is I think it really keeps the roadways safer. You know, if you give large companies the opportunity without to go unchecked, I'm going to tell you 100 percent of the times they're going to pick profit over individual safety every time. I'll bet it every time. OK, and these million dollar verdicts that we are able to secure for our severely injured clients, that's keeping these people in check these trucking companies So the next time the trucking company says, listen, maybe I'll, I'll throw another 10,000 pounds and yeah, maybe I'll be a little over and maybe, you know what, I I'm probably not going to have to come to an emergency stop between here and my next visit. They'll think twice about it. And I, and I, and, and I think it, it, it really keeps the roadway safe because it now makes these individuals think, listen, I'll just do two rounds because we don't want a lawsuit, right? If they, if we didn't have lawsuits, they they do it every time and then you you're sitting in traffic with you know um bringing your kid to soccer practice karate dance school and i think you're going to be a little less safe because you're not going to know whether the truck behind you is going to be able to stop in time
0: really good stuff right there uh patrick thank you to you and your firm for doing everything you can to protect victims of truck accidents i want to thank you for joining us today and if, listeners out there want to find out more about Patrick and the Falcone Law Firm, you can follow them on Facebook at Falcone Law Firm, LLC, or visit their website at falconelawfirm.com. I want to thank everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of Cases for Causes and you'd like to help support us, smash that subscribe button, share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave us a rating or a review. To catch all the latest from Obu Interactive, you can follow us on Instagram at obu Interactive, or visit us on the web at obuinteractive.com. And until next time, work passionately, live peacefully.